You are here on a great weekend this weekend. This is our local Missions Connect weekend. We are going to have a lot going on today. Uh, but the big thing is this. When this service is over, out at the pavilion, we are going to have 11 of our local missionaries, missionaries that serve right here in the valley, that you're going to have an opportunity to connect with, to go talk to, hear about their ministry, find out how you can be praying for them, find out how you can be connecting with them. There's going to be a lot of awesome things going on out there. If you're one of those people like me, you need just a little bit more incentive. We've got breakfast burritos out there. So uh, grab a burrito, talk to a missionary, we got a letter writing station, write a letter to somebody. It's going to be an absolutely awesome morning. Now if you don't know who I am, uh, I'm Jamie Ingram, I'm the missions and worship pastor here at the church. So uh, that's why I'm up here on our local Missions Connect weekend, I get the privilege of talking about that. And if you've never been to Desert Springs before, uh, I'll just fill you in a little bit on Desert Springs' relationship with missions. We love missions here at the church. We love getting to be a part of what God is doing all over the globe uh, and getting to, to see God just do incredible things through his people. It's absolutely awesome. Now, maybe you've been here for a while. Maybe this is your first weekend. Uh, let me just give you a few stats about what missions looks like here at Desert Springs Community Church. So we as a church support in regular ongoing monthly giving, we support 60 missionaries as a church all over the globe, doing incredible things, doing God's work, sharing the gospel, living on mission for Him. It's absolutely awesome that we get to do that. In fact, this last fiscal year, uh, we had the privilege of giving $285,000 in ongoing monthly support to our missionaries, which is really cool. I'll tell you, for me personally, as the missions pastor, uh, my favorite weekend of the year is starting to fall in May because that is usually when we are starting to evaluate the current fiscal year budget, which ends in June. If you didn't know that, that's inside news. But uh, it ends in June, and so when they find, they start looking, okay, how are we doing on budget? And sometimes they'll come to me and they'll say something to this effect, Jamie, it looks like we had more giving come in than what was in the budget. We need to spend 10 to 12% of this extra money on missions. Can you do it? Yes, I can. And our team comes together, and we get to give to one-time gifts for missionaries. We've got missionaries all uh, over the place that, for them, yes, they've got enough for that ongoing monthly support, but if they could just get a little more, they could do even more with their ministry, or they need a project, or something broke, and they need us to kind of come in, and can we fill that for them? And we get the privilege again to do that. In fact, this past May, we gave away $34,000 in one-time gifts to missionaries, which is really cool. Now, I know a lot of times when we think about missions, kind of have that sense of like, oh, that's something that happens, you know, kind of over there. But the truth is, is actually of the 60 missionaries that we support at Desert Springs, 28 of them are in the continental U.S. We support missionaries in North Carolina that build planes so that missionaries can go fly into the remotest parts of the earth to share the gospel. Uh, we support a missionary in Indiana that works with the, the Young Life Wildlife Program out there, getting to minister to students at five different schools in Indiana. That's kind of cool. Uh, she, getting to tell them about Jesus. How awesome. Uh, 
Uh, we support missionaries that go around to different Christian camps when they have needs and they come in and help them rebuild or repair their facilities. When there's natural disasters, they go and they help rebuild those kind of things. When you give to this church, that's part of what you're giving to. You have a part in all of that ministry. It's really neat. Right here in Arizona, we support 18 missionaries, 11 of whom are, are going to be outside and here today, people who are doing work and ministry right here in the valley. Uh, people like Dre Rogers, who's right over here, works for Fellowship of Christian Athletes, ministering to coaches and students uh, right here in our local area, encouraging them in the things of Christ. Uh, people like Bill and Diane Sperry, who work just down the road at Luke Air Force Base, ministering to our Air Force men and women. People like the local, uh, the, uh, the neighborhood Christian clinic, who, who provide uh, health care for people who can't afford it, alongside ministries that goes into the prisons and ministers to those people, and they're sharing God's love with them, sharing Christ with them, seeing people come to faith. It's awesome. Getting to be a part of missions at Desert Springs has been one of the great joys of my life. Getting to hear these stories, getting to hear all of what God's doing, it's absolutely awesome. So that being said, what I have to talk with you about this morning might be a little bit of a departure, a little bit unexpected. Because I want to talk to you all this morning in the limited time that we have about living on mission. And what does it look like for each and every one of us to live on mission? Now, this may be things you're already doing, it may be things you're not doing, it may be things you used to be doing, I don't know. But the Bible calls each and every one of us to live on mission. And I want to talk about that this morning. Give a little context to this, how this come about. A couple months ago, we had a consulting group that came in and was just talking a little bit with us about some of the things. They were doing interviews with people in the church and just wanted to give us some of the feedback that they had gotten. A lot of good stuff, a lot of healthy stuff going on at this church. There was one misconception, though, that kind of stuck with me. They came back and they said, look, uh, your church tends to see themselves as incapable of doing what a missionary does. To clarify, not just saying that we can't do what a missionary does in our own context, but that missionaries do real ministry and we don't. Almost like it's on another tier, it's on another level. Like what they do, that's up here. What I do, yeah, maybe it's over here. I don't really know. And I had to laugh because I've heard this before, this sentiment. It's not uncommon in a church, but usually it's leveled at the staff. I'm not sure if I've ever heard it about a missionary before. You know, it's not uncommon for somebody to come into a church and go, hey, the staff people are the ones, they do all the work. Like I come, I sit, I do that, but they do the work. If I've got a ministry idea, I'll tell the staff person so they can launch the ministry, not I'll launch the ministry, right? That's not that uncommon. But I was sitting there and thinking about it and going, that's kind of interesting that we have this sentiment about missionaries because it's kind of a misconception. The Bible is really clear. Every single one of us is called to live on mission. It's not just a missionary. You don't have to go to missionary school and become a missionary and do the whole thing in order to live on mission for God. Every one of us is called to serve and to live for Jesus. And so this morning, I just wanted to kind of break it down a little bit. What does it mean to live on mission? Because I think that the reality is, is that we're called to do this. We need to know what it is. We need to know what it looks like. 
So we're going to take a look at that. What does it look like for us to live on mission? And as I was processing that a little bit, preparing for this message, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, this isn't a comprehensive list of what it looks to live, like to live on mission. In fact, one of the things this consulting group came back and said to us is people have trouble defining what it looks like to live on mission. And I get that. Because your context and my context look different. Where I do life, the people I do life with is different than what it is for you. But there's got to be some things that we can tie together, that we can pull together, that are going to be the same in every one of our contexts. And so we're going to look at those today. And I'll just tell you this, it may not be a comprehensive list, but if you will take these things and commit to doing them, and if this is a part of your life, or if you're already doing these things, you're living on mission. You will be living on mission. Because if we do these things that God has called us to do, we are living out what he's asked us to do in this life, all right? First thing is this. We live on mission when we share the gospel. I wanted to start with this one because it's the hardest one for me. I'm an introvert. This is not easy for me. But the Bible says it. We live on mission when we share the gospel. You want to live on mission? Here's an easy way. Go tell somebody about Jesus. That's living on mission. Jesus told his disciples that we are to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. I love that. I even like it a little better when he says it in Acts chapter 1. He's talking to his disciples there, and he says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. I love that word, witnesses, because that just resonates with me. When something's made an impact in my life, when something has changed me on the inside, I have to talk about it. I can't help but talk about it. If you will give me any opportunity, I will talk to you about it. One of those things in my life is the 2001 World Series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's all I have as an Arizona sports fan to hold on to. But to this day, 20 years later, I can still remember where I was when the Diamondbacks won the World Series. My dad was in Tobago doing EE, serving the Lord. My mom and I are watching the TV. My brother and sister are sleeping. We're trying to be quiet. I, I could see the trumpet playing the national anthem. I, the planes flying over the stadium. I could still see Randy Johnson walking down to the bullpen. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, he just pitched in game six. Is he going to have enough in the tank? What's going to happen? This, is, this could be terrible. I could see Luis Gonzalez coming up to the plate with a chance to win the game. You talk to me about that after the service, it will be a very long and obnoxious conversation. I can't help but be witness to that. As a believer, if Christ has made a difference in my life, then that means I've got to talk about him. If he's my king, if he's my everything, if he's come into my life and he's taken me from broken and without hope to someone who has hope, then I've got to be willing to share about him. And I'll just be honest, that's hard for me. I'm an introvert. It's easy to come up with the excuses. God, what will I say? God, what will I do? I'm awkward. How am I supposed to have this conversation with somebody? I don't always like talking to people. But the reality is, is that, again, speaking to myself, my excuses don't change the call call us to go and make disciples, to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, of what he's done with me. And if I want to live on mission, I've got to be about the gospel. If we want to live on mission, we've got to be about the gospel. 
want to live on mission, we need to share the gospel. But taking a step back, I would also say that we live on mission when we bring glory to God. It's about what we say. It's about what we do. It's about what we think. But everything that we do should be about our king, the one who has changed our life, who's changed our heart, who's made all the difference. We've got to serve him in what we do and what we say. It's got to be to his glory. As believers, we're not called to live for ourselves so that the world stands up and cheers for us. We've got a deeper and a greater purpose to give glory to God so that the attention of the world turns to him. I love Paul in 1 Corinthians because he's dealing with these people and they're just, you know, they're having a good time judging each other and stuff and food sacrifice to idols, it's a whole thing. And Paul kind of just takes, it, takes him to task on it and he gets to the end and he kind of sums it up this way. He just says simply, whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. For us as Christians, it comes down to perspective and how we live this life. Who do I want to get the glory for my life, for my heart, for my passions? When I live my life, do I live for my own glory or do I do what I do, say what I say and think what I think because I want to glorify God and I want people to see me and to see God in me and I want them to glorify him too. Is that why I do things or do I do it for myself? It's a hard thing to think about because the truth is I got a lot of flaws I got a lot of brokenness that I still struggle with. And it's a lot easier to let me slide on my flaws when I'm the one I'm trying to give glory to than when I'm trying to give it to God. Because if I'm trying to give it to God, then that means my life and what I say and what I think that nobody else knows about needs to line up with what God says and does and thinks. And I've got to be willing to change. I've got to be willing to surrender. I've got to be willing to commit to do the things that God has asked me to do. But that's our call, to live to God's glory. We live on mission when we live to God's glory, when we share the gospel. And this last one I kind of think sums it all up. We live on mission when we live like Jesus. 1 John 2 says, The one who says he abides in Christ ought himself to walk in the same manner as Jesus walked. Ephesians 5, Paul writes, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. You know, it's not easy to live like Jesus. I'll tell you why. Jesus seemed to get humiliated a lot. He had to sacrifice a lot. He seemed to put others above himself a lot. He seemed to always be able to put God as the one he was trying to glorify first. I don't, I don't do that as well as he does. But I'm called to be an imitator of God. I'm called to walk the way Jesus walked. I'm called to sacrifice and to be humble and to give up my own pride, my own desires, so that I can serve him, so that I can live like Jesus, so that So I can honor my king. When you start to think about it, living on mission, it's not, so, it's not such a hard thing to answer what it is. Honestly, it's just kind of hard to do. So it requires a giving up of ourself. It requires a pursuit of Christ. It requires that we are willing to become more like Jesus every day. 
Now, I was thinking about this misconception, you know, that, that uh, what missionaries do, you know, that's, that's the real stuff and what we're doing, it's not, you know. The reality is there are some differences between us and missionaries. A missionary is somebody that's decided to make their job living on mission, okay? That's what they're going to do for their job. Usually, they've gone through the process of being vetted. Someone has vetted them and said, you are approved for Christian service. You're going to be able to do this. Typically speaking, a missionary is someone that's supported by people like you and me, by the churches, someone that trusts God for their income so that they can go and live on mission with their life. What's not different between you and me and a missionary is the call that we all have. The context may look different, but the call is the same. If I'm in Uganda as a missionary, my call is to live on mission, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anybody that will listen to me, to glorify God, for people to see me and to give glory to the King, to live like Jesus, to live sacrificially, to serve other people, so that maybe they would come to know Jesus, so that they would praise Him. If I live right here in Litchfield Park... My call is to live on mission, to share the gospel with anybody that will listen, to glorify God with what I say, with what I do, with what I think, to live like Jesus, to sacrificially serve my king, to serve others around me to the glory of Jesus. My context is different, but my call is the same. So I think maybe the issue isn't Am I a missionary and my work has value? Or am I not a missionary and my work doesn't value? Our call's always the same. I think maybe sometimes the issue is just simply that our eyes aren't open to see the world the way that God sees it. Speaking for myself, I can tell you what it is for me. It's selfishness. It's my own selfishness. I, I just would rather see the world the way I see it sometimes. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather do things that I do so that people look at me and go, Yeah, Jamie's cool. I'd rather do things so that I get something out of it. I'd rather do things because it is more comfortable for me. In fact, I was thinking about this. I was writing this message, thinking through it, praying through it. And I had to laugh because I was praying for someone in my life. Uh, walked away from the Lord, and, uh, but I still have a relationship with this person. And uh, whenever they text, it's like not one of those like, you know, sometimes people text you and you can just respond like, okay, and the conversation's over. That's my preference, introvert speaking again. This one's like, okay, it's going to be like a three-hour conversation, texting back and forth. There's a lot of heartbreak going on in their life, a lot of things that I just, it's hard for me to talk with them about. I'm literally like in the car, I'm praying to the Lord about this person. I, I see I got a text from them. And in that moment, I'm not kidding, I'm both praying for this person and feeling super annoyed that they texted me. Fortunately, God's bigger than my issues, right? Holy Spirit starts working. Jamie, what are you doing? I care about this person way more than you do. I know what I'm doing. Maybe I want to use you in their life. Maybe I want you to be a part of their story. Maybe I want to use you to be a part of them coming back. Why wouldn't you text back? I did text back. If you want the end of that story. Sometimes our struggle is just that we don't, we don't see the, way, the world the way that God does. 
fact, I, <laughs> 10 years ago, I got LASIK surgery. That's a whole other story, and I don't have time for it. Uh, it didn't go great. But um, before then, I wore glasses. And uh, there's something interesting about wearing glasses. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. When you wake up as a person with glasses, the world looks very strange when you first wake up, like blurry, right? Like, I, I, I'm kind of in the fog of waking up. I look over. That might be my sister. It could be a chair. I have no idea. It's just there. There's something. That's what I know. Then I put the glasses on. It's like all of a sudden everything just comes in to crystal clear clarity, and I understand it. And I think sometimes what we need to do as Christians, we've got to be willing to take off the us glasses, our perspective, the way we see things, the way we look at the world, our preconceived notions. We've got to be willing to put on the God glasses and to see things the way that God does. Because the truth is, is that when I look around and I see the world, I often see brokenness. I see hurt people hurting people. I just see a mess. But when I can take off the me glasses and I can put on the God glasses, I begin to see opportunities to share the gospel. I begin to see opportunities to live like Jesus and to serve hurting people even when it hurts me. I begin to see opportunities to bring glory to God. The world tells, tells me that I'm supposed to live for myself and always just do the thing that's best for me, but as a Christian, I'm called to do what the king wants me to do. I'm called to live for the king. I'm called to bring glory and honor to him. And when people see me, I want them to see Jesus, and I want them to praise him, not curse him, because they see Christ in my life. They see him working. They see what he's doing. What we need is to change our perspective. I want to close my time today just thinking about this question. It's a little more personal. I can't answer it for everybody in this room. You're going to have to answer it a little bit yourself. Here's the question. How can you live on mission today? How can you live on mission this week? How can you live on mission this month? What does that look like for you? Maybe you're still sitting here and you're like, all right, I'm having a little trouble with it. What does that look like? Let me reframe it a little bit. Who can you share the gospel with this week? Is there somebody in your life, a family member, a coworker? person who cuts your hair, that you've been having a conversation with, you know needs Jesus, that you could take that step and begin to have that gospel conversation with them. Look, I get it. I'm an introvert. I struggle with that too. But we're called to share the gospel. Who can you share the gospel with? How can you bring glory to God this week in your life? How can you honor him? Is there something in in your life that, I mean, honestly, if you're going to honor God, needs to get cut out? There are things that you say and do when you're not at church that would be embarrassing for Jesus to see? He does see, by the way. Can you cut those things out? Are there things that you think when nobody's around, nobody else is in your head with you that you need to surrender to the Lord? Surrender them. How can you live like Jesus this week? There's somebody in your life that you can sacrificially love even when it's hard? Is there somebody in your life that you know needs someone just to go be there with them, to serve them? Can you be that person? If you're doing those things, you're living on mission. In fact, if you need extra help, I'll just, this is real easy for me. Let's tie it all together. After the service, 
when we leave, there are 11 missionaries out there who would love to talk to you. How can you live on mission with those missionaries? Maybe you say, okay, well, I'd love to, but I can't. I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of energy. I, I can't do a lot of stuff. Would you be willing to pray for a missionary for a year? I've been thinking about this. Just walk right out there. Introduce yourself to a missionary. Get their contact info. Just say, hey, 2022, I'm praying for you every day. Do you think that would be awesome? Don't you think God could use that beyond what we could ever imagine? If you were willing to just be a prayer warrior for somebody, don't you think it would grow your walk with God? If you were just saying, hey, I'm going to pray for a missionary every day, it would be awesome. we got missionaries that honestly you could serve them by mowing their grass. They need somebody to mow their grass. They need somebody to do clerical work. Could you live on mission by doing that for them? We got other missionaries that would love to have you be a volunteer. You want a great place to share the gospel? We got missionaries that got awesome ways for you to share the gospel. Are you willing to do it? We're called to live on mission. I was talking with my grandma about this message. She's very wise. I like to kick these things around with her just to make sure I'm on the right track. She said, you know, when your grandpa used to preach messages like this, he'd end with an altar call. I said, well, I got to let him go talk to missionaries. I can't do an altar call. She said, usually we close with a song, too, something like, I Surrender All. I love that song. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. Church, this morning, we're not going to do an altar call because I hope you'll go live on mission with our missionaries after this. What I do want to do is ask you to do this. If God's been nudging your heart, he's been working, there's something, maybe even something that he's been working on for a while with you, he's asking, surrender this to me, give this to me, live for me this way, tell this person about me, whatever it is, would you commit to do that this morning while I pray? I want to be a church that lives on mission. I want to be a church that is all about the glory of God, not our glory, but his. I want to be a church that lives like Jesus. So let's do that together.